0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, September 29th. I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, Telluride begins comprehensive plan process. Mountain Village addresses beetle infestation, eyes to ears with Bella Eatman, and a mountain weather forecast. At the outset, Of 2023, the town of Telluride adopted its Community Vision Plan, a quote, intentional roadmap to guide Telluride towards its future goals. Despite over a year of effort and extensive community input, it was really just a first step intended to inform the town's comprehensive plan. If the vision plan is a roadmap, then the comprehensive plan is sort of like a car or the vehicle which the town will drive to get where it wants to go. Discussing the vision plan, Town Planning Director Ron Quarles says,
1: That was where we started, and we have a um, vision statement, a good vision statement, and it's broad enough that um, it's a good point. Uh, to build on
0: the comprehensive plan will now tackle the specifics and guide actions on nearly every town activity. Says Quarles.
1: Land use, housing, historic preservation, design, town facilities, utilities, infrastructure—those kind of things are are pretty typical of a comprehensive plan.
0: Drawing up the plan will be facilitated by a consultant. Quarles spoke before the Telluride Planning and Zoning Commission this week to gather input as he prepares to hire a consulting firm the first step in the process Commission members wanted to make sure consultants would be guided first and foremost by town goals here's Planning Commission member Todd Brown
1: we need to make sure that the prospective plan providers here are consistent with our vision so that what we come up with in terms of you know infrastructure growth and all that sort of thing that are part of the plan we're going to stay true to our roots.
0: This conversation unfolded as San Miguel County is finishing its own master plan, which will affect any land outside town boundaries. The county's plan has ambitious goals for growth and opens the path to increasing development and density in the area, says Brown.
1: If I remember the numbers right, uh, our population growth has been nine-tenths of one percent. And they're planning for 3.4%
0: in the eastern end of the county. While the town does not have a direct say in how the county plans, Brown notes Telluride's community vision statement says Telluride is a, quote, small mountain town, which remains true to its roots, unquote. Quarles noted when hiring a consultant, these questions of capacity for growth can be central.
1: You know, issues like water and sewer capacity, that's a that's a good comment that we probably should have in there specifically. Or you know, infrastructure needs and capacity needs.
0: Committee chair Eleni Constantine says the process should be open to public input and involve collaborations with the consulting agency. But looking around at the other planning and zoning committee members, she says they'll be leading the charge.
2: At this point, we are responsible for this plan, and I think we are the steering committee.
0: As 2023 opened with the completion of the vision plan, it will be ending as the town begins its next planning step. Quarles hopes to find and hire a consultant in the next few months. This summer, Mountain Village discovered a stand of 77 Douglas fir trees, critically weakened by the Douglas fir beetle, in the area of the town maintenance shop and the Meadows neighborhood. The Doug fir beetle is well known to Colorado foresters. It's wreaking havoc on trees across the state. Mountain Village town forester Rodney Walters says at this particular location,
1: They have reached outbreak proportions um, at this point and we are removing the trees to get rid of the beetle population within within those trees to bring the beetle numbers back down to um, below the, the, the uh, infestation um, sort
0: of population numbers." The removal of the trees will involve on-the-ground work as well as helicopters, whose assistance is required by the steep slope of the terrain. The Jurassic Trail runs through the area, and it will be closed during the work. Mountain Village will send alerts to residents when helicopters are in use. Douglas fir beetles can wipe out entire stands of fir trees. They thrive on stressed trees, which cannot fully defend themselves. And as Colorado trees face the effects of climate change, drought, development, and other challenges, their susceptibility to the beetle will increase. Walters hopes town efforts will be effective. But he acknowledges they'll likely be managing the beetle long term. Ideal
1: scenario is we stop the outbreak and you know it doesn't spread anymore and it just kind of stops the cold in its tracks. Um, that may be unrealistic, but our, our real goal is to reduce the numbers enough to allow the, the um, allow Douglas fir trees to be able to remain on the landscape. So we're trying to contain or control. Um, Uh, mitigate this outbreak uh, so that it doesn't blow up and just attack every tree, every Douglas fir tree around.
0: Despite the alarm produced by dying trees and tree removal, Walter says the turnover is part of a natural process.
1: It's really important to understand that these insects are native. You know, the the forests in Colorado uh, really require um, disturbance Um, before they're able to regenerate. So disturbance is a really important part of the natural cycle.
0: Walters reports there are dug-fur saplings in the area. Hopefully, those young trees will thrive once provided with more room to grow, and they'll prove more resilient in the face of pests, disease, and other stressors. Walters continues.
1: Very much what we are doing is taking an approach uh, of working with nature, uh, working with the natural cycles, and taking very thoughtful and measured actions in ways that will produce the best possible outcomes um, into the future.
0: The current tree removal project begins Monday, October 2nd, with the goal of wrapping up before winter. Many of the town's forest management plans are ongoing, and you can learn more at bit.ly slash tmvforestry. As the full moon rises, this week on Eyes to Ears, Telluride High School's Bella Eatman takes a celestial look. Have a listen.
2: Good evening, local listeners, and welcome back to the CODO program, Eyes to Ears. I am your host, Bella Eatman. I visit local art galleries and find art pieces to describe to you. And today I will paint a picture in your mind of a diorama by Lisa Swirling called Dance Me to the End of Love, based off a song by Leonard Cohen, according to the Mix Art Gallery employee I had seen there. As most listeners would notice, I usually describe paintings to the audience. But the day I found this piece was the day I scoured the gallery for non-paintings that caught my eye with not too much, yet not too little, detail. And it was this small, white-painted wood box, with a window of glass that encased its contents like a whimsical and surreal experience locked away in a seemingly weak case. Glitter of cyan and teal covered every flat surface in a way that made its contents seem like tiny, lost items in the center of a cloud of space dust. And these contents were as follows. Three white tables with two chairs accompanying each of them. Two of the three tables had their chairs positioned atop of La Mesa undisturbed while the last rightmost table had one chair neatly tucked in, and the secondary was left crooked and vacant, with a green bottle of wine standing alone. That loneliness does not follow the two lovers, however. A brunette in a turquoise dress waltzes off with a blonde, tuxedoed man. They focus on each other, and each other only. Too bad they can't tell that they're the stiff, watched performers of a glittered wooden case. We've been learning a lot about space, the universe, and the beginning of time in my science class recently, and I couldn't be more excited about it. And staring at this diorama piece reminded me of that one feeling I'd recently understood about watching the stars— that feeling of knowing just how small you are as a human and how focused we are on our lives as we are in near complete disconnect to the beauty with the deafening silence. Listeners, I recommend you take a few minutes of your time and look up tonight when you have the chance. There might come a day when we miss the stars. But this has been Eyes to Ears. My name is Bella Eatman, And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.
0: This weekend marks the end of September, and area communities are wasting no time in celebrating with an Oktoberfest. On Saturday, September 30th, both Montrose and Eure are putting on their own rendition of the fall festival. In Montrose, the event features live music from Elder Grown in Clay Street Unit, a Steinhuizen competition, and beer tastings from dozens of breweries, both local and national. The event is a major fundraiser for the regional nonprofit All Points Transit. Find details at montrosebeerfest.com. Offerings in Urey will be similar with food vendors, music, a pet costume contest, and beer. Telluride's own Oktoberfest is not until next week. It's slated for the 7th in Town Park and will feature a 5K run, regional breweries, and our very own German polka band led by Tuck Gillette and Barabel Hacka. Additional fall fests on offer without the German-specific branding include Pioneer Days in Norwood and the Telluride Brewing Block Party in Lawson Hill, both this Saturday. Then, the crown jewel of them all, the Heritage Festival in Nukla, arrives next week on October 7th. If the phrase supply chain issues takes you back to the thick of the pandemic, brace yourself. Shipping troubles and high demand are delaying the rollout of the latest COVID boosters the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is advising anyone over six months of age to get an updated shot this fall. But here in western Colorado, those shots have been hard to find. San Miguel County Public Health expected to have Moderna shots available this week, but they've been delayed until early October at the soonest. Folks can still sign up for county vaccine clinics at bit.ly slash smc vaccines. Public health began administering flu shots this week and will continue throughout the fall. It will add the COVID booster to its offerings as soon as the supply chain allows. Coloradans could vote next year on constitutional abortion protections. Abortion rights groups filed two ballot measures this month to incorporate reproductive rights into the state constitution. Initiatives 89 and 90 would also remove the ban on state dollars being used to pay for abortion care. The Secretary of State's office still needs to approve the initiatives. Then, the groups will have to gather enough voter signatures to get them on the ballot in 2024. Democratic state lawmakers added protections for reproductive health care through a new state law earlier this year. But that law can be overturned by future legislatures with a simple majority. Colorado has become a haven for people seeking reproductive health care after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Many in Telluride are familiar with the Silverton ski area. Just to our south, it draws skiers with its unique experience. It's renowned for its extreme terrain and its no-frills approach to the sport. As Aspen Public Radio's Eleanor Bennett reports for Rocky Mountain Community Radio, the ski area has just been purchased by two Aspen-based business partners.
3: Aaron and Jen Brill opened the ski area in 2002 with a single chairlift they purchased secondhand from Mammoth Mountain. According to the town's local newspaper, the Silverton Standard, there was no grooming, no clear-cut trails, and no real estate development. Today, a limited number of people are allowed on the mountain each day, avalanche gear is required to ride the lift, and at certain times of the season, skiers and riders have to go with a guide. New owners Andy Culp and Brock Strausberger run the Aspen-based outdoor adventure company Heli. Kolb says they might make some changes, like adding a few more lifts in the future, but they're committed to keeping the backcountry spirit of the ski area alive.
4: I understand the concerns that members of the Silverton community may have, uh, and I expect a lot of that, but we're confident that we can mitigate that by showing everyone who we are and how authentic we are about skiing and the respect uh, that we have for, for the team and the community.
3: In an Instagram post announcing the sale on Wednesday, Aaron and Jen Brills thanked their guests, the local community, and their employees over the past 24 years. Culp says he and Strausberger plan to keep that local team in place.
4: You know, the people that are the, the, the team here, they, they're homeowners here. They live here. They've been loyal to the operation. They're the best asset we have.
3: As part of the purchase, Culp and Straussberger acquired land that surrounds the base of the mountain and the chairlift. Like the previous owners, they'll lease the remainder of the ski area from the Bureau of Land Management. Eleanor Bennett, Aspen Public Radio News.
0: Colorado's statewide housing crunch is evidenced in Denver by a significant homeless population. When he took office this summer, Denver Mayor Mike Johnston made addressing homelessness his top priority. But advocates remain skeptical of his plans and his progress. As KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports, there's a push underway for regional and statewide solutions. On a late August morning in
4: downtown Denver, cleanup crews and police moved along a tree-lined street, shoving tents, furniture, bedding, and other household items into garbage trucks. They were clearing out an encampment of unhoused folks.
3: I'm trying to, like, help people, like, salvage things.
4: Sarah Glade was one of the people living in the encampment. She learned from experience to keep everything in a suitcase ready to move. But that's not the case for everyone.
5: A lot of people are just... Ditching
3: things that they need just because they can't carry it or they don't have a place for it right away. And, you know, and they're like putting their pressure on us right now.
4: The cleanup was scheduled to start at 10 a.m., but police and city workers showed up two hours early. The people living there scrambled to collect their belongings while cleanup crews were moving through the camp. They had to leave a lot behind. But officers on the scene said the downtown Denver encampment had become a safety issue for the community and the people living there. Sergeant Jaime Lucero leads the Denver Police Department Homelessness Outreach Team. Anytime there's a safety concern or a health concern, we're conducted a cleanup. Safety concern here was a couple days ago, there was a shooting. The mayor's office decided we'd conduct a cleanup. Denver Mayor Mike Johnston declared a citywide state of emergency over homelessness this summer the day after he was elected. It was extended this week by the city council. Johnston's senior advisor around homelessness, Cole Chandler, says part of the administration's strategy involves relocating people instead of clearing them out. A new approach to encampment outreach and encampment resolution where we're focused on surrounding a whole encampment and helping a whole encampment move indoors. There are about 1,400 unsheltered homeless individuals in Denver, and the Johnston administration's goal is to shelter 1,000 of them by the end of this year. So far, they've successfully sheltered just over 100. The plan is to create almost a dozen micro-communities across the city. They'll be made up of so-called tiny homes that can be constructed quickly and cheaply. Some will also use converted hotels. The plan relies on state funding for homelessness programs set aside by a voter-approved ballot measure last year. Chandler's team is also collaborating with six neighboring counties through the Metro Denver Homelessness Initiative. We recognize that we can't do that all alone as local government, and so uh, we have to push on regional solutions, we have to push on state solutions, and we also have to push on real federal solutions and federal investment as well. There are other local collaborations too, like the Northern Colorado Continuum of Care, which covers Larimer and Weld counties. Homelessness advocates say the collaborations are a good start, but that they're not the regional or statewide approach that's needed. Kathy Alderman is with the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless.
3: Far too long, we have assumed that homelessness is a local issue only. And so we've just expected local governments to come up with the resources, the strategies to address it.
4: Some places, including Weld and Douglas counties, have resisted implementing homelessness services out of concerns they'll attract unhoused folks to their communities. Alderman says the state needs to step in with more leadership.
1: If the state could help, uh,
3: you know, devise a strategy that then local governments could plug into, we'd have a much more cohesive and comprehensive approach. And it has to come with resources.
4: Still, Alderman is encouraged by Mayor Johnston's attention to homelessness and acknowledges he inherited an incredibly challenging situation.
3: I think it speaks volumes uh, to the community that on day two he declared an emergency declaration and that he's devoted a lot of staffing resources to kind of figuring out some of these solutions.
4: She also says, however, advocates like her are anxious to see if the administration is able to actually execute the lofty goals they've set for themselves.
0: I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies and a breezy night tonight with a low near 45 degrees. Saturday brings a slight chance of afternoon showers, with otherwise sunny skies and a high around 60. Expect wind Saturday, with gusts reaching 35 miles per hour. A chance of showers and windy conditions remain overnight on Saturday, along with mostly cloudy skies in a low near 40 degrees. Then Sunday, expect partial sun and a high in the low 50s, with a slight chance of rain and more wind. A chance of rain remains overnight on Sunday with otherwise cloudy skies and a low in the mid-30s. This has been the news for Friday, September 29th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries.
3: Attention families with children age 0 to 5. Bright Futures and Wilkinson Public Library are hosting free parenting workshops this school year. Our first workshop will take place on Thursday, October 5th, from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. at the library. Local banking and insurance industry insider Ryan Markey will be discussing family financial planning. Dinner, childcare, and Spanish interpretation will be provided. All families are welcome. See you on October 5th.
5: Hello, Kodo listeners. I'm Suzanne Chevens, Communications Coordinator for San Miguel County. San Miguel County is excited to announce that the work on the East End Master Plan is nearing the finish line, Planning Department officials and planning consultants, Design Workshop, have announced the release of the latest draft of the East End Master Plan, the newest iteration of a planning and vision document that has undergone an inclusive and open public process that has been underway since last fall. The East End Master Plan will replace the 34-year-old Telluride Regional Master Plan, a document that lacks modern planning elements such as sustainability and resilience. Additionally, since Tramp's adoption in 1989, the east end of the county has seen significant development, including the advent of the Telluride Regional Airport, the Lawson Hill Deed Restricted Subdivision, and the incorporation of Mountain Village. The recent release of the latest draft comes after nearly a year of not only meetings of the County Planning Commission, but a host of public outreach events, a survey, and results from focus group discussions on topics that included tourism, housing, environmental stewardship, inclusion and livability, among others. We're pleased to note that more than 1,000 county residents have participated. As the county works toward finalizing this important planning and vision document, public input continues to be the highest priority. We encourage interested citizens to read the latest version at bit.ly backslash 45AHI capital PS and email comments to planning at sanmiguelcountyco.gov. And on Tuesday, October 3rd, there are two open houses scheduled at Wilkinson Public Library, which will provide another opportunity to weigh in. Please drop by to speak with planning officials and representatives from Design Workshop. Open house hours will be from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and from 4 to 6.45 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening.
0: Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Codo. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.